The subject this afternoon is, what is it? What is it? Exodus chapter 16. Exodus the 16th chapter. Our text verse is verse 15. When the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not that it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord have given you to eat. The Bible testifies, you read the whole 15 verses and you'll get the text, but we'll preach it. The Bible teaches of the goodness of God and the badness of depravity of man. God, by his loving grace, brought the children of Israel out of bondage of Egypt. However, once escaped, they complained and murmured against God when it did not appear that their was food to eat along the way. And they complained against God and against the leaders of God used to bring them out of slavery. They had yet to learn that the same God who had power to bring the plagues upon Egypt and to part the Red Sea to let them cross could also provide food enough to sustain them in their journey to the promised land. And God gave them quail that evening as an appetizer, and in the morning he gave them bread from heaven, small, round, white thing on the ground. This was unique indeed, because no one had ever seen it like. And according to our text, they called it manum, for they didn't know what it was. Well, the word manum means, what is it? What is it? And I've preached at least one entire message, maybe more, how that the manum God gave them was a prophetic picture of how God provides for us, how God takes care of us. But however, I want to say that the means should also remind us of the Bible, the Word of God. Jesus is the incarnate Word of God. And he tells us that in John chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 14. The Bible is the inscribed Word, as Paul tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. You know, when we look at John and we look at Second Timothy, we learn that the Word of God is exactly what that is, the Word. Look at just a moment, Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. See, when I look at Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, that whatever my problem is, the answer is in the Word. Every, I mean, it's, that's what it was given to us for. It wasn't given to us so we can debate it. 
wasn't given us so we can get on our little high horse and argue about it. It was given so that if we got a problem, God's got the answer. Now, when we go back to the book of, of John, and we read it this, this morning, when we go back to the book of John, and we read, you know, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We go to verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the manum that God sent down from heaven was all they needed to survive till they got where they were. But the word manum, as I said, what is it? And I find so many people, when, when we lead them to the word of God and we say, now read this passage of scripture, it may help you. And they look at you like, what has that got to do with my problem? It is a prescription for your problem that God gives you. So, <clears throat> let, let me say that Manum from heaven should remind us of our Bible because it was supernatural. Never seen anything like that before. It was special. So what was special about it? Anything from God is special. When God blesses you, you have received a special blessing from the Almighty God. Thirdly, it was sufficient. This is all we need. <coughs> now, when we get the library complete, you're going to have enough study books and commentaries and dictionaries But to find out if you're lost or not, to determine whether you're living in God's will or not, this is all you need. Now, what does the help books do? Now, some of you read magazines. That's all right. Some of you read articles in the paper, all those things. But I think about great men like A.W. Pink, and Charles Spurgeon, and John Gill. And as I mentioned Wednesday night, you'd be surprised of some of the habits that was in these men's lives. <coughs> Doesn't mean that we approve of it. But I believe that their life and their writings has proved to us they were great men that God used. Not lost men, but great men that had some bad habits. I'm old-fashioned. I believe men ought to have short hair, and I believe ladies ought to have long hair. I believe that because the Bible teaches it. But it doesn't make my wife at the present time a disobedient woman because me and her hair about the same length. That's just Bible. But what is it, they ask? What is this word of God that it can solve my problems? 
See, there's a lot of uh, vegetables and meats and stuff that I, I don't, don't like. I didn't like. But when you eat it and you try it a different way, it becomes one of your favorite foods. I mean, the Beckles could eat peas for a month and they would trade peas. They would all like peas. But see, they made up their mind, I don't like peas. And he's proud of it. But it's because he hasn't tried them enough, see. That's enough of that foolishness, isn't it? We can't understand the word of God because we don't stay in it. Got to get deep in the word of God. What is it? First Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. That manum is food in the wilderness. Think about it now. It was food in the wilderness. In the wilderness, they had no way of getting food, so God opened up the heavens and sent a manna. When we go through our wilderness, what do we need? The manna. What is it? What has this word got to do with it? How many times have people told me, what does going to church faithfully how will that solve my problem? That's the top two things. Someone offended me. Tell people about it. You know, we've got a problem. We've been hurt, so we want to share it with everybody. Or we can go directly to God. And when God gets done dealing with us, we learn that we all get our feelings hurt. First Peter 2.2 2 says, As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that he may grow thereby. I'm here to tell you, you cannot grow in the Lord without having a steady diet of the word of God. Now you can read on your own, you can do a devotion on your own, or you can come prepared to listen to the word of God in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Revival means whatever opportunities, the more you eat the manum from God, the more the wilderness will become clear to you. I didn't just woke up one morning and said, Romans 8, 28 is my verse. I went through some hard times. I went through some of my own. But when you look at Romans 8, 28, that the all things, the good things, the bad things, they're all for my good and God's glory. Not that it's going to be good that I like it, but when God gets finished with me, it will be good for me. Nobody likes to be chastened by the Lord. But don't ever reassure you that you're saved. When you know you were wrong and God deals with you, what has God shown you? He's shown you your mind. You know, after 50 years, 45, pastoring churches, I'm, 
I've had children in the, in the church. I said, man, if that was my kid. But you don't bother that kid. Why? It's not my kid. But I am a child of God. And when I get out of hand, he's going to deal with me. And if I can do wrong and get away with it, it scares me. Because God said, I chasten those that I love. I deal with those that I love. Psalms 119, verse 103. Psalms 119. Notice with me, please. Psalms 119, verse 103. How sweet are the words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. How sweet. How sweet. The Bible is pure. The Bible is pleasant. The Bible is precious. And the Bible is to me and should be to you and should be to all saved people just like the manna in the wilderness. It is sufficient for the journey. They were going on a journey. There was no food along that wilderness. And God gave them food. He gave them an appetizer. And day after day, they got weary. Is this all I get? Is this all you want to provide for me, Lord? It's all we need. That's what God promises. God promises, as a child of God, I'm going to get everything that I need. It is fuel for your work. Job, in Job 23 and verse 12, the word of God is fuel for my journey. And he tells us in uh, Job 23 verse 12, neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. That's when you fall in love with God's word. It's, it's more important. It's more important to me than the food for my body. Now, you know what the reputation of Baptists are. If you're going to pick out carpet, you have to have a meal. You know, I mean, it's just the way us Baptists are. But God's word is food for the soul. It's food for the soul. God tells us. What does that word does? It gives us energy. It gives us endurance, the extra boost for emergency workloads. See, it's encouragement, and I've used this illustration for many, many times because I've been in the hospital a few times, and when I'm in pain or when I'm having really how the nurse will come in and say, I'm going to give you this, it'll be better soon. Just the fact that she's telling you that that shot, you're going to be better, you haven't got it, it changes your whole disposition. 
The Word of God is our energy. The Word of God calls us to endure. When you just, so I've got to make a decision. Should I go to church? Should I study? Should I pray? What does God say? What does God say? That's where our fuel comes from. That's where our guidance comes from. That's where our wisdom comes from. The Word of God, it's a flashlight for your walk. Wasn't that what David said in Psalms 119, verse 105? The Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You ever walk tonight with a flashlight or a lantern? It says, give you so much light. We would go out at night with the lantern. And each step you take, it give you a little bit more light. Take another step, give you a little more light. That's what the Word of God does. You read, you study, and you get a little more. You read, and you study, and you get a little more. It's in your hand. The answer to my problem is right here. And I remember Brother Hunley telling me this. I was just, just remember, I was just saved as a young, you know. And I said, how can this be the answer to my problem? He said, this is the answer to whatever your problem is. It makes no difference what your problem is. The answer is found in the Word of God. And when you get thinking about that and you ask another question, who's in control of your life? My life, God is. And God's going to let me meet the right people at the right time to furnish what I need. Remember, God is in charge, but God uses people, places, things, and circumstances. You know what the devil uses? The same four. People, places, things, and circumstances. So it's important that we are friends with the right people. We're staying in the right place. That we accumulate the right things. And that that circumstance is all in control of God. See, on your head mounted on the front of the hamlet of salvation. It is fire for your warmth. In Jeremiah 20 verse 9. Notice what the prophet said. When we look at Jeremiah. We see what God says here. In Jeremiah 20. In verse 9. God says this. Then I said I will not make mention of him. Nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. Brothers and sisters, that verse was supplied to me when I was just visiting Grace Baptist Church in Georgetown. And I told Dora, I said, we're not going back. 
were not going back. Then Wednesday night, I found myself going back. Sunday morning, we're not going back. But what? To know more about this God, and I didn't understand why I wanted to know more. I couldn't understand why I didn't want to go, but I couldn't stay away. Because Jeremiah said, then said, I will not make mention of him. I'm not going to talk about him. You know, the, one of the sure ways to keep God out of your life is not talk about him. Don't glorify him. Don't praise him. And you can do that very simple, you know. You know and you can, can learn. You can learn, you know. I, I, I learned something from a financial specialist, you know, and y'all will know who he is when I tell you what, he's, what he said. How you doing, Dave? Dave, better than I deserve. I mean, when I meet a stranger, when I go into a store, when I go to anywhere and somebody says, how you doing, preacher? Better than I deserve. And a lot of times they'll say, what's wrong? Oh, nothing's wrong. God saved my soul. He saved my wife. He's given me health so I can get up and walk around. He's better to me than I deserve. You praise him. You thank him for the food you eat. You thank him for the car you drive. You thank him for good, good friends. You thank him for a church. You thank him for your pastor. You thank him for a song leader. You thank God that someone is willing to sing for the glory of the Lord. He knows what we need. And there's so many. There's so many needs. You know, and sometimes I got a way of saying something that makes somebody say, what's he saying? Well, this is one of them. Somebody says, we need some pictures in our sanctuary. I like pictures that people draw. They paint. Not from some artist that's getting paid $1,000 or $5,000 for it. You know, that's just me. It is a fire for your warmth. That's what Jeremiah was saying in Jeremiah 20 verse 9. He said, I ain't even going to think about it. I'm not going to talk about it. But yet what he said, then I said, I will not make mention of him. I'm going through a week. I'm going through a month. I'm not going to tell anybody how great God is. Because they won't believe me because of the problems I've got, of the sickness I've got, of the financial problems I'm going through, or whatever. But he is. And what did Jeremiah said? He said, I ain't going to speak anymore in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire. It's like getting mad at your wife and you say, you know, if we say anything to each other again, she's going to say it. He's going to say it. But you can only go a little while. 
And you find yourself just coming out and you say, why did I say that? Because you love that person. So Jeremiah was simply saying, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire. You know, when you've got a burning in your heart, you've got to get rid of it. You've got to expose it. The Bible will fire up. It'll fire up your courage. You know, that's, that's what Jeremiah 29 is all about. And it said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But the word was in my heart as a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing. I could not stay. Jeremiah said, I just couldn't help myself. I found myself praising God again, thanking God again, uplifting the hands of the heavens and say, Thank you, Father. Your concern for the work of God. We've all been there, if we be honest. We just pour our heart out in God's work and we say, don't anybody else care? Well, I'm just going to stop. But you can't. You just can't stop. Your communion with Jesus. I've got to commune. This is our last scripture in the book of Luke 24. Luke to 24th chapter. <coughs> Notice here. The Bible will fire up your courage as it did Jeremiah, your concern for the work of God, and your communion with Jesus. Here in Luke 24 and verse 32, and they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us? while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures. Isn't it amazing? We ain't going to do nothing. But then we run across Luke 24, verse 32, and we see what God says. They said one to another. See, they were agreeing. Did not our heart burn within us? He talked with us by the way. We heard from God. We felt God. We see his blessings. And while he opened to us the scriptures. See? God simply said here, and they said one to another. What, what happened? Well, you read the last part of this scripture. While he opened to us the scriptures. See, what we know, what we get out of it is because the Spirit of God revealed it to us. And when God reveals to us a little bit, man, it's just it's like setting down to a good meal. We got to have more. We got to have more. We expressed it different ways. I've used this before, said this before, but... Sister Linda sometimes listens to radio broadcasts. She hears a preacher that says that, and she'll get online and text me or call me. Did you hear that nugget? You know, one of those preachers you, you probably don't agree with on everything, but they brought out a nugget that was a blessing to you. 
You read a passage in the scripture you had never seen before, and it just sets your life on fire. Look what God said to me. And I'm sure that whoever comes to our meeting, maybe you, one of these young men, older men, will preach something and you'll say something, man, I never heard that before. And I may have just said it Sunday. And it doesn't bother me. Because God gives it to you what you need at the time. It's these little nuggets. These little words of encouragement that comes from the word of God. See, when we understand, what is it? It's manna. What did they need in the wilderness? Manna. What do we need for tomorrow, next day, this coming week? We need manna from God. We need God to speak to us. Amen? We need God to speak to us.